there, it's Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode of Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. This is episode 30, and we're going to talk about what mindfulness really is and why it's so important. I'm so glad that we're walking the path towards healing together. So here's my quick reminder. I'm not a clinician, counselor, or physician. I'm a certified trauma and resiliency life coach, a certified trauma support specialist, advocate, and someone with lots of lived experience with trauma. Also, the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only and not meant to replace treatment by a doctor or any other licensed professional. All right, let's dive in. So this week, I wanted to talk about mindfulness. I mean, it's a term we hear everywhere. Mindfulness meditation, being mindful, practicing mindfulness. But just what does being mindful mean anyway? What does it look and feel like? So just a little bit of background. Mindfulness originated from ancient Eastern Buddhist and Hinduist philosophy as far back as 2,500 years ago. The term comes from the Buddhist concept of sati, which relates to the moment-to-moment awareness of present events. However, the more modern translation of sati came in 1881 when Thomas Williams Rise Davids of Britain in Sri Lanka identified that mindfulness was the closest translation to the meaning of the concept of sati. Although practiced widely in the East, it didn't really become a thing here in the West until the 1970s. Mindfulness first showed up in the U.S. because of someone named John Kabat-Zinn, a professor of medication emeritus and creator of the Stress Reduction Clinic and the Center of Mindfulness in Medicine, Healthcare, and Society at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Kabat-Zinn first learned about the philosophical tenets of Buddhism while studying at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. In 1979, Kabat-Zinn opened the Stress Reduction Clinic at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. There, he adapted Buddhist teachings and created a program called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, or MBSR. This program put MBSR into a scientific framework and diluted the connection between Buddhism and mindfulness, but it still wasn't until 1990 that his publication of Full Catastrophe Living brought global attention to his work. Since then, awareness and practice of mindfulness continued to grow. So that's your history lesson for today. Also, just a note, practicing mindfulness does not mean meditation. I mean, that's one way to practice it, but by no means the only way. And if you meditate and love it, that's wonderful. But for many of us with trauma histories, Meditation can be extremely difficult. 
Trying to sit quietly with our thoughts in our head is typically something we avoid like the plague. We are already in our own heads enough, and we sure as hell don't want to go there on purpose. So for me, learning about mindfulness began in my learning about trauma-informed care. And I talk about that principle in different ways in almost every podcast. It's what happened to you as opposed to what's wrong with you. It's the whole brain-body connection in experiencing trauma, our environment, our past learning histories, genetics, everything that has shaped us into the being we are right now. We've learned that in experiencing trauma, it affects how our brain wires itself, how our nervous system is always on, scanning for danger, even when there is no danger immediately present. That constant flood of chemicals throughout our brains and bodies, getting us ready for fight, flight, or freeze to prepare us for danger. Even though we aren't in danger in the moment, our brain tells us we are. That's one reason why so many of us have different mental health issues, including anxiety and panic. We always wonder why our anxiety and panic levels can just suddenly come up out of nowhere, often with no reason. I mean, I'm home, sitting, relaxing, watching TV. Suddenly, a panic attack hits. Our brain is doing what it's supposed to. It's trying to keep us safe. We just have to find ways to shut off that constant threat mode and remind it that it's okay, we're safe, and we are not in danger at this moment. Mindfulness is firstly awareness. It's being aware, aware of your surroundings, awareness of that moment, awareness of your breath, sounds, physical, mental, and emotional sensations. As survivors of trauma, our brains are almost always either in the past or in the future. We can be flooded with memories of things, people, places, events in which we were hurt. And sometimes they're just fragments of things, things we aren't even really conscious of, but they're always there. Then on the other side, we can be constantly worried about what's going to happen next. Next could be the next minute, the next hour, day, week, month, the rest of our lives. We worry about it all. So we're either ahead or behind, but not really here, in the now, in this moment. Our thoughts swirl around in our brains, and that keeps us distracted and unfocused, not able to think clearly. We also often try to distract ourselves by mindlessly scrolling through social media, YouTube, TikTok, or online games. It's avoidance. We're avoiding dealing with it, period. I do it too. And I kind of think of gathering my thoughts like trying to herd cats. It's really difficult, but it's not impossible. In my very earliest episodes, when describing what trauma does to our brains and bodies, especially when we experience trauma in childhood, but it can happen at any age, our brain reverts to survival mode only. It shuts down 
everything but our basic survival functions. So our heart beats faster, our breath comes quicker, our blood pressure goes up, our muscles tense up. We are ready to respond to danger, to a threat. Our brain shuts down the thinking part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex that's responsible for things like language, memory, impulse control, learning, logic, and reasoning. So you really can only react to things. You can't think things through. You can't question things. You can't think logically. Mindfulness can begin by being aware of this and that this is what's going on. Then we can plan to take some steps in order to flip the script and become more aware of ourselves in the process. To begin with, it is okay to slow down. It's okay to pause, to take a break, to be still. It's actually more than okay. It's absolutely necessary. I mean, we can't go full tilt boogie physically and or mentally all of the time. At some point, the machinery is going to break down and then we're often sick physically or otherwise. We have to begin to realize that we're living beings that need care. We need to care for ourselves. I mean, we're living organisms, physical beings that need more than just the basics to get by. We need more than just air, water, food, and shelter. Our brains and bodies are designed to learn, do, adapt, grow, and thrive. Think of all of the amazing things that your brain and body do every day, just automatically. We're not here to just get by or just get through our days. We need to feed ourselves with new things, new challenges, and new opportunities to learn and grow. We also thrive on connection. We're not really meant to spend our days alone, no matter how much we tell ourselves that's what we really want. But our traumatic experiences have altered not only how we see ourselves, but how we see the world around us. We have been in survival mode for so long. We just don't know any other way to be. Anything we don't know or anything new is scary. We've learned to be afraid of anything challenging because we don't believe in our abilities to be able to deal with things. So we don't try. We don't take a chance. Our world becomes smaller and smaller. And that just feeds into our feelings that something is wrong with us. Why aren't we like other people? Why aren't we like them? They are doing this. They are doing that. Why can't we do that? Why do we struggle so much? Why can't we just be happy? And on and on it goes. Nothing changes overnight. And Lord, I wish it did. We can't change long-term, well-worn, habitual patterns overnight. It's just not going to happen. Mindfulness begins with awareness, awareness of this moment. In this moment, if there is no real danger present, 
we're safe. We need to tell ourselves that out loud to yourself, but you need to begin to remind yourself that you are safe right now. We can do things like practice breathing techniques, grounding exercises, and other mindful activities. For example, really anything we do can be a mindfulness activity. Eating can be mindful. Many of us eat on the go and we just shove the food in, bolt down our food quickly, and we eat on autopilot. And we often also don't make good food choices and can stress eat. And I got to admit, that is totally me. I have bolted down my food for years. As a kid, I didn't want to have any part of my toxic family dinner time. So I would eat as quickly as I was allowed to eat and then ask to be excused so I could get away from what was going on. And then when I got older, my first jobs were waitressing. And so meals were, you know, eaten on short breaks, standing up in between tables. And these habits kept up throughout my life. And stress eating? Hell yeah. Food has always been my number one source of comfort. So to change this, maybe think about planning a meal that's good and nourishing for your mind and body. Prepare this meal with some excitement, thinking about how good this is for you. Plan to sit for this special meal you've created away from distractions. Turn off the TV and put away your phone. And when you sit down for this special meal, you might think about appreciating the food and all of the things that made it possible. As you're eating, eat slowly, chew thoroughly. Think about how your food tastes to you. Think about all of the healthy nutrients as a warm, radiating light spreading through your body and your brain nourishing every part of your being. You can elevate the experience of food to a whole new positive level. Another simple mindful activity is something like washing your hands. When you wash your hands, as you rub the soap over them and through your fingers, feel the temperature of the water. How does it feel? Is it warm? Is it cool? Is it hot? Hopefully not too hot. And feel your fingers and your hands rubbing over each other. Feel that connection, that skin to skin, that movement. Bring your thoughts and your awareness to your hands as you're doing this. And do it for about a minute to really, really begin to bring your mind into what you're doing. Literally, anything we do can be made into a mindfulness moment. When we shift awareness from these autopilot behaviors into this moment, into the now, we create new neural pathways in our brains. We can see so many things more clearly. We can learn how to regulate or calm ourselves in so many ways. We can take these moments and be grateful that we're building new habits and new ways to see ourselves. 
It really makes such a difference in our healing process. I'd say it's the first and most important step we can take in order to promote our own wellness, our wholeness, and our healing. As with everything else, it takes effort, practice, and intention. It's a new goal, a new thing we set for ourselves, but we actually have to do it and build it into our daily lives. And I know that when we're struggling, I'm including myself in this, everything feels like it takes way too much energy. We just don't have it. But think about it this way. We already know that the way things are going right now in our lives aren't working. It's not working for us. We're looking to make changes or at least thinking about it. So why not give something small, something doable, something simple a try? We have to start somewhere, sometime, some way with something. So why not here, now? Today, with one small thing you can try to begin to practice mindfulness, it's not going to hurt anything. It doesn't have to cost anything. And it's not that you have to change your entire life right now. Just one small, simple, and relatively easy to do thing. We take those baby steps forward, one tiny step at a time to create a new habit. And after you practice it over time, it becomes a normal part of your routine. Then you can add in something else and so on and so on. It's a pain in the butt to begin with, but it is so worth it. So this is where I'd like to close us out with a new exercise, something we can add to that mindfulness toolbox we're building together. Remember, you don't have to do this now or at all if you don't want to, but you might just listen and tuck it away in your mind for future reference. This is going to be a writing exercise. We're going to try and identify that one small thing we can do and do it mindfully. If you'd like to try this with me, please get a notebook, a piece of paper, a sticky note, whatever you want, and a pen or a pencil. You could even do what I do and type things out in a Word document. Whatever way you participate is fine. As long as it works for you, that's what matters. I'd also like to invite you to find a place that's quiet, calm, and as free from distractions as possible. If you'd like, you could set the mood. You could Light some candles, put on some quiet, calming music, burn some incense, or use some of your favorite essential oils in the palms of your hands. If you use the oils and rub them on the palms of your hands, breathe in that wonderful scent. And again, remind yourself that you are in a safe space. You are safe in the moment, in the now. We always start with our mindful belly breathing. Breathe slowly in through your nose, your belly naturally pushing out as you inhale, 
to a count of five. Hold your breath for a count of one. Then slowly exhale out of your mouth. Your belly should naturally move in as you exhale to a count of five. Do this five times. When you're ready, I'd like you to think about all of the different areas of your life. There are so many that we really don't even think of. So you could break them out using these for examples, and please add more if they come to you. So you could list them as physical, mental, emotional, environmental, social, financial, spiritual, personal growth, education, career, relationships, creative life, community. There can be so many different kinds, but it depends on you and what you think is important. So first, write down what you feel the different areas of your life are. And if you only want to write down one or two, that's perfectly okay. Next, look at the different areas of your life that you've written down. As you read through them, think about the importance of each one as it relates to you and your life and what's important to you, not what you think others would want you to choose as important. Write down your top two or three areas. If you only wrote one down and that feels the most important right now, that's your list. Next, as you look at the shorter list, read through what you wrote out as your most important area, the one that matters to you most right now. What part does this area play in your life? Write that out. Any ideas, thoughts, or feelings you have about what this area in your life involves. So next, in thinking a little bit more about this and what you've written, does this area of your life impact or involve another person or other people? If so, write out who they are and how they're impacted by this area of your life. If not, and nothing else impacts anybody but you, that's perfectly fine. Next, what is one thing you would like to see change in this area of your life? What would you like to have happen differently? Write out what you'd like to see change. Next, if this change in this area of your life were to happen, what effect would it have on you personally? 
would you be less stressed, less anxious, more settled? Would it even bring you a little bit of happiness, some joy, more connection? Would you feel more positive, a bit healthier, like you had a little bit of control over your life and its direction? Next, think of one small thing you can do that is within your control to do to take some action in beginning to bring this change from your paper to reality. Something that isn't overwhelming, a small first step. For the last part of this exercise, how will you bring this small step into your daily life? What time of day will you do this? How will you hold yourself accountable for making sure you've done this daily? For example, you can set reminders in your calendar on your phone or computer. You can use a task list with reminders. You can even choose a friend or family member to be your accountability buddy. Remember, this shouldn't feel like a punishment. It's just a way to have some checks and balances in place to see that you're successful. It helps us to have a framework that's supportive while we're building new habits. Whatever you choose to work on, small, consistent efforts daily bring about long-term and lasting change. You'll have some days where it works and others that it doesn't, and that's okay. If you have an off day, Just pick up the next day and get right back to it. Doing it consistently is the key. That's how we learn, grow, and get healthier. If you need to change your approach or times of day or anything you need to in order to make it easier, do it. Just don't quit. Keep doing it. When we stop, we go back to being frozen and stuck unable to move. We have to take action in order to make things better for ourselves. Unfortunately, no one can do it for us. We have to actively participate in our own rescue. And we'll get there together. I promise. I hope this exercise was something you found helpful And it's more tools we're adding to that mindfulness toolbox we're building together. So whenever you need to go to that toolbox and pull up any skill we've learned in order to feel more grounded, safe, and connected, do it. You've created it. It is there for you to use whenever you need it. I've created a list of all the techniques and exercises we've learned on my website, InvisibleWoundsHealingFromTrauma.com and I'll keep adding to it as we go along. I also put each exercise to beautiful music and video and put it on my YouTube channel, Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. And please subscribe and share widely if you like what you see and hear. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And please keep on listening. 
wherever you listen. Please like, subscribe, favorite, follow me, and share widely, please. And what you think really matters to me too. So please comment on the show, comment on the videos, anything that's on your mind, please let me know. You can find me on Facebook at Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma, on Twitter at Walker 58 and my website, InvisibleWoundsHealingFromTrauma.com. Look for my new episodes dropping every Monday on all of your favorite podcast, music, and listening apps. Please take extra, extra good care of yourself. And we'll talk soon.